Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now, the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs, we enjoyed those, and now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MYBETUS. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf, Golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. Chuck Oliver Show, live on a Wednesday. And we are still looking back a little bit over the past weekend for context, but we are looking ahead to the this week's slate of games, uh, which, of course, we know begins on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and then all through the weekend. Appreciate Chris Landry coming on with us in Hour 1. Let me go ahead and get you up to date here. Everything you need to know about college football every single day. This is CFB 365. Headline, Southern Miss joins Sunbelt. Oh, what an inadequate headline. Uh, Southern Miss will join the Sunbelt Conference no later than July of 2023. Now, why could it happen before July 2023? Folks, I don't know if there's a Conference USA for them to stay in. 
I don't know that there's not, but the the future of the conference is seriously in doubt at this point. Southern Miss, um, it has been historically, I'm saying over the last 40 years, a really good program, and about 2012-ish, uh, it kind of stopped being that, and it was more intermittent, and it just went from a model of consistency and stability and success at its level, which included occasionally playing a team like Florida State, Bama, Auburn, Georgia, and leaving a whelp on them. Um, Southern Miss is leaving Conference USA and will be a – and there's all kinds of announcements, so this is official. It's not just Southern Miss. Two more Conference USA teams are going to the Sun Belt. An FCS program is expected to jump up. Now, interesting, I use directional there. In the conference hierarchy, Conference USA has been and is supposed to be ahead of the Sun Belt. I had opined that there was a chance for a program, let's just say Texas Tech, for instance. What if they want to go the other way? We'll actually leave Power 5 and go to, I don't know, Mountain West, or I said Conference USA, maybe drop down, dominate that lower level, get into the playoffs because you're going to give me a bid and I'm in Conference USA, and so if I go 12-0 and there, it was going to be strategic. Well, Southern Miss is doing it, except they're not going from Big 12 to Conference USA. They're going from Conference USA down to Sunbelt, and that's just the reality of it. Um, Southern Miss has been a member of Conference USA since it was created in 1995, and that's going to be done. Like I said, I seriously don't know. The Conference, Conference USA has done a great job of pivoting and replenishing, and they've actually been able to switch from good football programs, good enough, Memphis, Houston, UCF, um, They've been able to switch from some of those to at least replacing them with like media markets. Same sort of media. Well, we'll take FAU and FIU. All right, we got Miami and Boca and South Florida. So they're trying to replace the TV markets, whereas the Sun Belt, it appears they're collecting pretty solid, strong football programs, and they're going to try to go on quality of play as well as decent enough markets, but uh, quality of play and get the TV contract and move on. Headline, Dan, get Jim Nagy on. Headline, Senior Bowl to provide performance coaches. There's more to this as well, but the Senior Bowl and Jim Nagy, executive director there, guy that we always uh, love catching up with. And he's also a draft analyst for ESPN. He's NFL scout for 20 years. Jim Nagy has kind of taken the lead, he says, after watching the Olympics and also just being in touch with how sports evolves. Uh, he says that the Senior Bowl is adding – performance coaches that will be available for prospects that the prospects come in on saturday or sunday of that week that they will be told you have an offer of a performance coach someone that can help you with the stress of brand new teammates brand new coaches a, a week-long job interview that could determine millions of dollars and depending on where you come from johnny manzel already had money most of these guys don't and so it's a huge pressure-filled week um Senior Bowl to provide performance coaches. That's going to be a big deal. Um, and they're also going to provide a lot of other, like they've started adding, they added recovery room five years ago. Ten years ago, if you said, well, we need a recovery room. What's a recovery room? Well, now you have one post-performance, post-physical stress. And so Nagy and the Senior Bowl trying to stay ahead of everything. And again, with the Olympics and mental stress and the, 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 the mental health and well-being of all the athletes, he says, let's bring that to the Senior Bowl as well. So they're trying to grease those wheels. Final headline. James Franklin now represented by Jimmy Sexton. That's a new headline, but it's not a new development. It was reported earlier, I think yesterday, actually it was Monday night. Football Scoop reported that James accurately 
James Franklin has changed agents. He's now represented by creative artist agencies, Jimmy Sexton. That's an accurate statement. James Franklin updated it yesterday and said, oh, yeah, I switched agents. I switched in June. He says, this is being reported now, but it's something that happened over the summer. Obviously, I didn't make an announcement. I don't know anybody ever. Now, give him credit. If Dave Doran calls a press conference, I'd like to announce that I have changed agents. Uh, what? What else are you here to announce? He's like, I didn't make an announcement. It was summer. I'm supposed to gather everybody around and say, I have a new agent. I saw the headline. I was like, ooh, I know what that means. It doesn't mean anything necessarily. It means he has a pretty powerful agent who gets great deals for his clients. But Jimmy Sexton asked, that's not a new development, and it is not in response to either a loss Penn State's had or to open jobs at USC or LSU or anywhere else. Consider yourself up to date. All right, we're going to take a quick break, jump right back into the college football conversation next. Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. It's all college football on the Chuck Oliver Show. And in the interest of transparency, got to be honest, didn't think we'd be talking a lot of FSU Clemson if we DeLorean back just uh, two or three weeks ago. Um, I thought Florida State had handled, uh, you know, any chance of us really diving deep into FSU Clemson. Then they start winning. Clemson starts losing. After the close call against Georgia Tech in week three, uh, Clemson stood at two and one, and they weren't looking very Clemson. And, and I'd ask, I said, what if, and I was talking not just for Clemson, but for the entire conference, what if Clemson goes nine and three this year? They got to win five straight to go nine and three. That's where they are. And I'm t- there is a real opportunity. I don't think Florida State wins, but there's a real opportunity. And folks, I can't believe I'm saying this. I, it, we talked about it a little, little earlier with Landry. They're kind of salty on, on the lines of scrimmage. Um, and they kind of want to bully you a little bit. Um, it's just, it's been an interesting transformation from Jacksonville state to where we are now. I want to welcome on now a good friend of mine and the program, and he can open the curtains. He can show us everything from the Noel cast. He is the co-creator and the host of it. One of the most popular and consumed sports podcast on the internet. It is Ingram Smith. Ingram, how are you today? Hey, bud. Uh, grateful for having me. Appreciate it as always. And yeah, it's an interesting matchup of two teams. Certainly. Uh, yeah, I wasn't planning on uh, talking with Ingram very much the rest of the season, but then they started winning. Um, and, and, and I'm not trying to be funny there, but, I mean, I, Dan, our producer, he had sent me a text one day, hey, you want to get so-and-so on, talk Seminoles? And I was like, I don't know that we'll talk much the rest of the season. Um, what happened three, four weeks ago that, regardless of opponent, what happened so that at least everything, you stopped the bleeding, it was upright, all right, we're back on the rails? Because Florida State's actually playing good football right now. They are playing good football. Uh, Florida State is not a place for moral victories or whatever else. But in some of those losses, you could start, you could see a team where the buy-in didn't fluctuate. Now, it doesn't mean you praise losses when you're Florida State, but you could see a team where, as in years past, if they got down by 17, the secondary didn't necessarily start pointing fingers at each other or whatever else. So it was always there, and they got a win against Syracuse that was, you know, not a not a beautiful win by any means, but it helped him a little bit, helped him provide a little bit of confidence and some 
proof of concept, which is a term that is a little overused right now, in my opinion, but it applies to this one. And uh, they went up to UNC, played as good of a game as Florida State's played in probably four or five years, Chuck. And then, uh, you know, they will always reference the Jacksonville State game this year, and that's not going away. But, uh, you know, you went out and you played what is probably one of the worst teams in this part of, uh, of D1 college football in UMass, but you beat them in a manner that Florida State hadn't beat a team in four or five years. So, um, you know, you you don't you don't get any medals for being three and four, but it's certainly a program that seems to have uh, found its footing a little bit. Some of the buy-in is uh, more spread across, and, you know, they've done a really good job of uh, keeping the locker room together. When you bring that many transfer portal kids in, as they did this year, and, you know, it's real easy for guys to start playing for – for draft highlight tape or whatever else. And so far that hadn't happened at all. It's, uh, it's been a, you know, the, the X's and O's coaching has been kind of up and down throughout the year, but as far as the, you know, getting the locker room buy-in and, and pretty consistent effort out of uh, the vast majority of, of the roster, uh, Mike Norville and the staff have done a, a pretty darn good job. You know, Ingram, you and I talk recruiting quite a bit, and you and I, we've had discussions where you just start throwing out names of guys we saw, and they're Friday night guys, which means you start at quarterback and safety, and you kick and you punt, and like you never come off the field, right? You're Eric Berry. Um, I saw Eric Berry on a Friday night. I'm like, all right, who's that? He's like, oh, he's the best player in the state. Um, you don't have that at all in the NFL. In college, you still have some of that. I don't know what that kid is, but by golly, he's a great athlete, and he's making, you know, he's producing. That's Jordan Travis to me. I don't view him as a Sunday guy in the least. There is an element of Friday night, I'm the best player on the field to Jordan Travis. You mentioned the North Carolina game. Dude scored five touchdowns that day. That All right, enough mm-hmm. for me. I'm sold. Yeah. He is, uh, if he plays on Sunday's chunk, it might be as like a, either a kick returner or a kick cover. Yep. I mean, he's got a yep. lot of athleticism. He's not going to be a quarterback. Um, and I don't know that his athleticism would necessarily translate to another skill position, but he's wildly athletic and very explosive, and there were some advanced metrics last year that rated him as one of the more explosive offensive players in college football, and it did not show up the first couple of weeks. Um, but, man, he, there's an early run in the North Carolina game where he puts his foot in the ground, takes it 55, 60 yards, and it really looked like the Jordan Travis of last year, and he has uh, found an awful lot of confidence, you know, seemingly. And now look, we're only talking about a period of two weeks. Don't want to make too yep. many grand extrapolations out of this, but he seems to be playing with a higher level of confidence that we've seen, making better throws. A lot of the preseason talk of him improving as a passer has has kind of come to uh, fruition in the past couple of weeks, and uh, he still has his flaws, but uh, he's he's playing at a level that is, uh, you know, Florida State hadn't otherwise seen from him. You think most people realize, I'm sorry, you think anybody outside the FSU fan base realize Jay Sean Corbin's averaging about eight yards carry? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, he is, uh, I mean, people are quick to point out, well, he's got an 80-yard run against this team or an 80-yard Well, yeah, well, those count. Don't care. <laughs> you don't get a YPC of that without being pretty darn consistent throughout the course. I mean, he's, uh, he's just a very good football player who, um, 
you know, some of these guys, <laughs> some of these guys recover from injuries just that we used to think would take a month, you know, used to take think would take a year, and now it takes three or four months. Um, some of these guys still take two years to really get over an injury, and that's the course with Corbin. And it wasn't him not working or anything else. He he made, candidly speaking, the coaching staff will tell you that that may be the hardest working kid on the roster. Uh, but it just took a second year for him to get his real explosiveness back, and he is uh, he's every bit the back that you know, was as sought after a prospect as he was when he ultimately chose Texas A&M out of high school. Uh, but he's he's a special player, and they pair that with a kid that was previously a PWO and uh, Trishan Ward. Ward is um, a really special kid as far as when it comes to just kind of shedding tackles and, you know, having a run that looks like he might pick up five and he ends up picking up 13 because two tackles kind of fall off him in the process. So they've got a really nice uh, one-two punch in the backfield, and they're doing as good of a job trying to you know, play to that strength as they can as far as what their offensive identity is. I've talked about the hit and miss nature. Even when an individual kid that you get through the portal, Ingram, even when that individual kid, you look at his production in a fishbowl and go, okay, well, well, he's been a success. I still think the dynamic of bringing on 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 other guys who are all talking about, hey, I was at this program. I just think that that's, that's a trap that's kind of looming out there, I, and I don't know how and the, the details or whatever. But in the immediate, when you bring in a kid like uh, Jermaine Johnson, um, you can't look more perfect for outside backer in a 3-4 in the NFL than that kid looks. And they may even just put him on the line and go, you know, be John Abraham at about 260 or 255 or so. Talk about his impact. I mean, literally, it's from day one. Well, you hit such a home run in that one that I worry people or I concern other fans within the fan base. Really, this is applicable. I mean, you just don't – this is not sustainable. You don't go grab a kid who isn't starting at Georgia who instantly turns into a first-round pick or at least is playing at the level to where he's being talked about getting picked somewhere between 20 and 35 uh, in the NFL draft. He's been a perfect fit. Uh, for Florida State, he's been a great uh, locker room fit, and he's uh, he's just been very obviously had a great game this Notre Dame, but he's been explosive throughout the year and has been a real asset in um, in run stopping as well. He's he's a very you know for a guy who has really flashy explosive defensive plays, also plays with a within the scheme and and plays his responsibility and role. Um, Pierre Thomas is not quite the example as Johnson, but when you pair Thomas and Johnson, the two kids that got in the transfer this year, yeah. uh, they really have, have transformed to what they would have otherwise been at the outside uh, outside part of their defensive front. So it's been a they've they've really hit a home run when it comes to those two kids. Wrapping up, Ingram Smith again. Noel Cass is where you're going to find him and Bud and the whole crew. Uh, Saturday, walk me through this again. I think you you were on the line. I was saying the open. I don't think Florida State wins, but they can win. Um, Clemson doesn't score, which means everybody's going to, at least by the measure of the scoreboard, everybody's going to be in the game if Clemson's scoring, you know, 24 points every Saturday. Some of Florida State's remaining opponents, I have a really hard time wrapping my mind around. Uh, for, for what it's worth, NC State's one of the most confusing teams in college football to me this year. Uh, Clemson is not. You know what you're going to get with Clemson. I think it fits Florida State's strengths relatively well. I think, you know, somebody wins this game 20-24, to 24, Chuck, or 21-24, or something like that. It will, will be a low-scoring game, in my opinion. Uh, Florida State is pretty good at at stopping the run with what they have on defense. And if Clemson makes the quarterback changes, then, you know, things could change a little bit. But Clemson's offense is Clemson's offense, uh, unless we see a version that we otherwise haven't this year. 
uh, as college football fans. And I expect this to be a very low-scoring game and ultimately, um, you know, probably somebody to win by uh, six points or less. I think this, the spread may be a little bit high at nine and a half or whatever it is that it opened at. Yeah, and suddenly Clemson ain't got no uh, running backs either. Um, it's just one of the weird. They had two five stars. Like, ah, I'm leaving, um, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at it now. You got this freshman, and then you got this sophomore, um, and that's and then the freshman's not even 100. percent It's just a really, really unexpected turn there in Clemson. Ingram, appreciate it always, brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Chuck. All right, Ingram Smith from the Nolcast, uh, Saturday afternoon yonder in Clemson. Uh, Mark Jones, he'll be on ESPN. Mark Jones, Robert Griffin the third. Uh, in the booth, Robert. I've I've seen they bounced him around. He's done SEC broadcast. I think I've seen him with the Big Twelve, maybe or Big Twelve. Uh, and he's getting into it. He's uh, he's he's improving. It's it's not always an easy job, but uh, he'll be on the call there again with Mark Jones this Saturday from the other Death Valley. Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. We continue on a fantastic Wednesday. Head of a full slate of college football. Of course, the big teams, uh, they start on Thursday. and then I say the big teams. That's no disrespect to the MAC. But uh, Tuesday, action. it has its place, and I'm appreciative. But get to the weekend, and it's Power 5, and teams will be playing in the playoffs, et cetera. I want to welcome on now good friend of mine. You can find it, lead SEC columnist, college football news. You've seen him on Sirius XM. You've seen him on ESPN, NBC, Fox Sports, just everywhere. And on Twitter, at Russ Mitchell CFB. It is my good buddy, Russell. How are you today? Kicking the tires, lighting the fires. You're in Houston. I am. Uh, I went to a World Series game last night, and uh, that was that was a pretty awesome experience, man. That crowd, uh, they were waiting for any reason to get into the game, and it really never happened. And uh, so they're down 0-1. Um, that's good news because uh, I always pull for the National League. But uh, you left you, you left some of your boys at home back in Atlanta. You didn't take the whole team with you out there, man. That's not fair. No, it's really not. It's not. Uh, I'm out here kind of flying solo on my own as well as I like, you know, the 26 on the roster, they'll do their job. I'm here in studio. I'll do mine. Um, and I want to start a little bit off the field. And I've told people, we've talked about this before. Uh, folks, Russ and I feel really differently about a lot of very important things. We feel a lot yeah. of the same about college football, but the important real-world stuff, Russ and I have a lot of different ideas, and we disagree on some things, but that doesn't mean that you have to hate one another. Um, and I want to ask you because, you know, and I've been unabashed about it. As soon as the vaccine was available, I threw my arm out the window and said, give me two. No um, kidding. Yeah. Nick Rolovich chose to walk away from and again i've never made three and a half million dollars so i know my perception is colored he walked away from i think it was three and a half million dollars and there is at least the potential that in five weeks brian harson is faced with a choice of 5.25 a year or getting a jab in the arm and that's what i have to assume because he won't talk vaccination um give me your flyover and i'm just going to ask you and you can tell me chuck you're totally off base i never had a coach in my life that didn't try to impart values and 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 ethics and 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 on me, and I have thought that there are so many coaches that have missed the mark by just putting their hands up and going, "Hey, I don't impart my values on." Every coach I ever had did that. Um, give me your opinion about how some of the coaches have represented themselves. If you think it's an issue, 
it's only, you know, to me, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's obviously an issue if you live in a state where the state makes it a law and you're an employee of the state. So, you know, I mean, that's the very first practical thing. So, you know, I mean, and and you got a choice at that point. You either do or you don't. But, you know, if you don't, well, that's your choice. So that's it. In terms of, you know, there's there's so many things that we have to do. Like, there's so many things that you have to do in society that you do for the good of society. Like, you know, having to get a driver's license to drive a car. I mean, there's so much stuff you do that you might not want to do. And, you know, you do it. And uh, I, I know I, I know there are reasonable explanations on all this, and I, I get that. But I don't know. I, I, I think that uh, in the great scheme of things, there's been millions and millions and millions and millions of people that have done this. You know, they, and with every week, there's another million people that have done this. And the the arguments against doing it as every week goes by become weaker and weaker and weaker. So seriously, Brian, I mean, seriously, I, I, I find this to be a little bit of and, you know, for Auburn, it becomes an issue December, right? Yep. That's December when the employee vaccine you know, mandate kicks in. Yeah, my whole point is, you know, if you want to push back again, you know, push back against your HOA. You know, push back against I can't park on the street. Don't push back against public health. That's don't, just that's just my whole point there. It, it, my my whole point too is that you know there's like sixteen things that you have to do health wise. Like there's all these vaccines that you have to take. You know, and for people that say, oh, it's a new vaccine. Again, every week there's millions of people, and the technology's existed for ten well, years. It's like don't yep, be yep, stupid. Yep, yep, yep. And I, I think I saw – now, this is – I'm not giving any endorsement here, but I did think it was clever. I saw an ad by Pfizer. Maybe you saw it. had the blue pill there. It said, if you trust us for this, dot, 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 um, which I, I thought was was pretty convincing. Uh, let's let's jump on the field, Russ, and actually talk a little football ahead of the weekend. And All in right. the SEC, light slate, but uh, it's not necessarily just about the games. Um, the main event in Jacksonville, Georgia, Florida, I don't know how much of yep. a game – I think Ole Miss-Auburn is going to be a way better game. Um, Kentucky-Mississippi State's going to be a way better game, but Georgia-Florida obviously has the stakes there. Um, is there a Missouri shot for Florida? Missouri-Vandy is going to be a better – Missouri-Vandy is going to be a better game. Even I mean, more even match, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, this, is a, this is a Florida team – I mean, we could spend a lot of time breaking this down if we wanted to, but I, it's not going to matter. I mean, I do like the flat, fact – the fact – I do like the fact that Florida's – Offense is very versatile. In fact, it's probably the most versatile offense that this Georgia defense is going to face, at least certainly up to this point. The problem is that they give the ball away way too much, man. I mean, and it's not like just one game. They had four interceptions against LSU, two the week before against Vandy. You cannot be giving... Andy the ball twice. That's a sign of a problem. All right. That's like if you've got a friend or a neighbor that, like, you know, like it has a really big problem, and like you're like, dude, you got a problem. Florida's offense gave the ball to Vandy twice. 
It's turned the ball over 13 times on the season. They have a negative seven turnover margin. And, oh, by the way, they're about to play the best defense in football. Oh, yeah, there's that. Uh, um, so, you let's know, talk I, about the court. I just don't. I, I just don't think that they'll be able to, to do enough offensively to be able to keep up with, with – uh, and I don't think George – I don't think, as is the case for Georgia all season, they don't have pressure offensively, right? Because their defense is so good. And without pressure, uh, you know, uh, go ask your ex- ex-wife how, how important pressure is. Yeah, they have not been forced outside of their comfort zone. It's like, okay, well, we can keep running the ball or go and play action if you give us a heavy box. Uh, Yeah, we can do that, and we can win because our defense is good enough. Absolutely. Punt, play play some defense, see if we can score. Um, The Gators quarterback situation, I'm not to be, you know, trying to be oversimplistic here, um, and there is value in leadership and smarts and experience and all that, but there's also a chance to beat uh, Georgia, and it's AR-15. It's him maybe having four turnovers, maybe scoring four touchdowns. Um, if, if, If it is a change you're going to make at some point, do you make it now? Do you make it earlier? Do you slow play it? Because at this point, the Florida season is kind of lost. Yeah, I agree. And and listen, I like Emory Jones. This isn't just about Emory Jones. There's a lot wow. of issues for why Florida has been struggling. But, you know, at this point, it might be a, a good opportunity to put Anthony Richardson on the field a bit more. And see, it's a shame they don't have Kyle Trask this year because that offense they had last year with the efficiency with how efficient Kyle was throwing the ball, you know, uh, until the last couple of games of the season. I, I I would love to see that offense play this Georgia defense, but I, I honestly, brother, don't think it matters if you put Jones or Richardson on the field. You have a better you have a better home run puncher's chance with Richardson yes. than you do with Jones. But it likely is not going to change the ultimate outcome. Wrapping up, Russ Mitchell. Again, get him on Twitter at Russ Mitchell CFB. Follow him all manner of media. Um, let's go in the West and Ole Miss at Auburn and Lane yep. Kiffin. And what is really possible for the Rebels this season? Playoffs? Uh, I mean, they, a bowl game in the New Year's Six outside the playoffs? What do you think? Well, Alabama holds the uh, holds yep. the you know the game in hand. So, and I. You know, I don't see I, – I think that's going to hurt the Rebels' chance to get into the playoff. Uh, I mean, the, the only way that you could think is maybe if they continue to win, which they're going to. This is a really good Rebels team. Yeah. I mean, look at the way they just dismantled LSU. That final score, I mean, it was basically seven. Uh, you know, so just – Oh, yeah. And that was a team – it was a really, really impressive job. I'm very impressed with what – uh, Kiffin has been able to do the number two offense in the nation behind Ohio State, and the defense is playing with passion. Not a great defense, but playing with passion. Uh, you know, I, I I think that if Georgia was able to dismantle Alabama in a championship game in Atlanta, and Ole Miss runs the table, they have a chance maybe to back their okay. way in with their only loss being to Alabama. But then again, if Georgia dismantles Alabama, that makes the, Old Mrs. Lost to Alabama not look as good. So so it could be eleven and one and depending on what happens with or ten and two, depending on what happens with Bama or Georgia or anybody else, it's it's gonna wind up being a really good season. Wherever you personally, Russ, think that ten or two, that uh, ten and two, that eleven and one lands the Rebels, does the Ole Miss head coach stay at Ole Miss after that type of season? 
with the number of jobs that are, I mean, Ole Miss is not a premier job. It's just not. No. They don't have the resources and the money. And if you're if you're Lane Kiffin, <clears throat> I think you could win a national championship at Ole Miss. I do. I think that you could get enough talent there if you improve your. The offense is just going to keep being. And I love Matt Carell. I think from a Heisman perspective, you're really going to have to start looking at this kid. But I think you could win a national championship at Ole Miss, but you would need a lot of things to go your way. And you'd need Alabama and, and LSU and Georgia to have all at the same time not A-plus seasons. And then you would have to have an A-plus season and have all the pieces together. Why would you, if you're Lane Kiffin, why wouldn't you just go to LSU? Why wouldn't you just go to USC? Why wouldn't you just go somewhere where you have a much better chance of winning a national championship? Yeah, I mean, it's not as extreme, but James Franklin, when he won nine games back-to-back, I was like, I don't know where he's going, but he's going. Because at Vanderbilt, to oh, advance yeah. at all, you got to slam your forehead into a cinder block wall until it finally starts to chip. <laughs> you ain't got to do that at LSU. You ain't got to do that at Southern Cal. In three decades of following college football, I, I don't think I have ever seen a better coaching job than than what – James Franklin was able to do at Vanderbilt. I mean, when he went there, they were like in the previous two years, they were like one in 23. Rumpelstiltskin is what he was, man. Unbelievable. And then in three straight years, they have winning records and go to Paul games. And then he leaves and the program craters. It's like, that is like ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It was, I mean, literally, that job, it's like, give me a bowling ball, a chainsaw, and a cat, and say, juggle. I mean, that's that, <laughs> that's the Vanderbilt job. And he got nine. He had a season where he beat Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee in the same season, finished fourth in his division. At that point, he looked around, and he's like, all right, I'm out of here, time to cash in. Um, I think that yeah. there, it's not that extreme, but Lane Kiffin looked around, and he's like, I have to score 47 every Saturday to win. I don't want to do that every Saturday. Yeah. I, I think, you know, and it's interesting you say it, because if he was to go to a place like LSU, you know there's so much talent on the defensive side in Baton Rouge. I mean, you just you, you drive down the road and stick your hand out in Homa or somewhere like that, and you're going to get a linebacker. So, I mean, his, if, if, he, if you're at LSU and you're scoring 50 points a game, you're winning every game. So, you get you know, a statue and an given, extension. Yes, exactly. If you're Lane Kiffin, you're like, huh. In fact, if I'm an Alabama fan, the last place I want to see Lane Kiffin end up is in Red Stick. Okay, can, can I jump in? I'm so glad you said that because, you know, I'm, I've already heard, you know, and this happens all the time, so it's not any fan base, and I don't get angry about it at all. Uh, but it's I've heard from Ole Miss fans, stop trying to talk up our coach. You just I was like, the last thing I want is for LSU to have a top-level coach. I have no interest in that <laughs> given my background. I'm just telling you what I think could happen and would work out for both parties. I don't want it to happen. Yeah, I, look, I love all my children the same, even the two stepchildren, Mizzou and A&M. But uh, I would tell you that – now, by the way, I don't think this happens. I don't think – I think LSU wants to make – oh, how do I want to say this? I think that there are a lot of forces at play in deciding the next Louisiana State University coach. And I – suspect that 
winning football games is not the only criteria that is at play in Baton Rouge. So, uh, and if that's the case, then I don't think I don't think we'll see Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin has a lot of baggage, you know. And by the way, L- it, just mm-hmm. to be clear, LSU has Whoa, the university has made some go ahead, big, go ahead, go ahead. big mistakes late, lately. Embarrassing, embarrassing mistakes for the conference. Embarrassing. And off-field things and how they treated women. And, I mean, they've done some really embarrassing things in Baton Rouge, and they haven't accepted responsibility for that. And, you know, I, 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 I'm disappointed in the university. And if you're a fan of the SEC, obviously you pay more attention to sports if you do. But, you know, it's embarrassing. You don't want programs in the, universe, in the, in the conference to be behaving like that. All right, you inter- it's an interesting con- – I'll let you go real quick after this, but I remember Baylor was, you know, looking for the one-year stopgap, and they brought Jim Grobe in, and I asked somebody, I was like, what are you doing with Grobe? And he's, he's, I said, what? no, I said, what are you doing with Grobe as coach now? How long is that going to last? He's like, we didn't hire a coach. We hired – his words, half coach, half preacher man. He said, there are some times yeah. when it's not – just on the X's and O's, you need somebody to to cleanse the program. Uh, and Jim Grobe, about his reputation, come on, Jim. It's like the Astros hiring Dusty Baker. Yep. Half manager, yep. half cleanser. That could be LSU. Uh, I, I, all I, all I'm prepared to say, because I, I don't know anything for fact. I've just heard a lot of uh, banter around the program. But, you know, uh, there's a lot of things going on, it seems, in Baton Rouge right now that have less to do with finding the best football coach than, uh-huh. than finding someone who can heal the organization. So I think, I think that's as much of a focus right now in Baton Rouge. And a resume of missteps, and boy, missteps doesn't describe it at all. Uh, Russ, I appreciate you staying on so long. So much we talked about. I appreciate you, brother. Oh, uh, uh, love talking to you, man. So no worries at all. Uh, hey, all right. go Atlanta. Go Atlanta. Come on, Braves. Appreciate you, man. Uh, enjoy your Halloween with all the critters, okay? <laughs> all right. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Russ Mitchell again, College Football News. the king of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show you can go 50 50 you can go uh 70 30 you can go 60 40 we, we prescribe that uh, as the week goes on, um, Carson Beck has taken uh, less reps this week because JT has taken more reps. And the combination of Stetson and JT is to get them both prepared um, because there are two quarterbacks right now. That'd be Kirby Smart, Georgia head coach, ahead of Saturday's clash in Jacksonville. That it could go either way. I've talked about you know this concept all the time. Of course they can win. They're talented enough and they have good coaches. I don't think they're going to. Uh, he is talking about their practice and preparation ahead of this game, and it's pretty clear to me that he would really like JT Daniels to be more in the mix. If you go back to his second season, Jacob Beeson was the starter in week one, injured, came, was ready to play, I don't know, like three weeks later, let's say. 
but it's been a month since Jacob Eason was re- uh, able to come back, and Jake Fromm's the quarterback, and Kirby Smart, he ain't he even saying Jake Eason's name because he didn't want to create any confusion or controversy or discussion ahead of the Florida game. That by this year, he's like, yeah, JT, 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 and Carson Beck, Carson Beck, Carson Beck. Oh, yeah, and Stetson, and JT, JT, JT. It is just a – I don't know ultimately how it works out, and I'm not claiming I do. I want to be clear about that. I'm saying this is 179 degrees away from where he was just a few years ago in the bye week leading up to the Florida game. So I expect we'll see both and that if given a choice, I think he would love to transition slowly to hand this back over to JT, get him up to speed before uh, most likely Georgia is in Atlanta playing for an SEC championship game. Um I was mentioning something earlier in the program about Southern Miss. They're joining Conference USA, and it's going to happen. Um, <laughs> there's a quote I read. Uh, today's a, is a athletic director, Jeremy McClain, uh, Jeremy McClain from Southern Miss. Uh, today's a great day for Southern Miss. I want to appreciate uh, the Sunbelt Conference, their faith in our institution, our ability to add value to the conference. We are excited about adding our rich tradition of success and passionate fan base to a conference that values those attributes. What's he saying about Conference USA there? I think he's saying that we're going somewhere where we'll be valued going forward. Remember when Journey replaced uh, Steve Perry as lead singer? They asked the founding lead guitarist, Neil Schoen. Um, so Steve's not going on this tour? Response, quote, well, we found a singer who wanted to work. He didn't say Steve Perry's name. What does that let you know? He's like, that guy didn't want to work. We want some. You can always make a statement without really making a statement. Apparently, Southern Miss and Conference USA, they got no use for each other anymore, and Conference USA is likely to not exist anymore. But uh, it was an interesting comment, and maybe it is a little bit of a window into why so many of the programs have decided to flee. Dan, how are you today? Did you say that you think that eventually JT gets the job again? or I believe Kirby wants that to happen. Really? Because I'm not getting that sense from what I just heard right there, what he just talked about, okay. about the 50-50, 70-30, and then he goes, it's a little less for Carson because JT needs those reps. So usually I'm thinking backup, a guy who was the starter and right now isn't playing, yeah. and if he's mentioning his name and not the other guy, because I think if he says both of them, then yeah, probably there's some credence to that. But the fact that he said a name, it's kind of the opposite of the Steve Perry thing you just said right there. So Saturday in Ga- uh, Gainesville, in Jacksonville, um, they get after it. And, I, and like I said, I, I, I think I not only know the bottom line outcome, yeah, Georgia wins. But if this thing gets stretched out a little, see the story, if you're a Florida fan, more than anything, I think you want the story to just be Georgia's win. If it becomes Florida's loss, bad news for Dan Mullen and everybody in Gator Nation. Most likely Todd Grantham immediately. So wraps it up for a Wednesday. Back tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.